You're listening to Nursing Review Radio. I'm Health Editor Dallas Bastian, and I'm joined by Linda Raymond, Regional Wound Management Clinical Nurse Consultant in the Gippsland region with Latrobe Community Health Service, to discuss her editorial in the Australian Nursing and Midwifery Journal on the importance of preventative hand hygiene practices in community nursing wound management. Thank you for joining me, Linda. My pleasure. You said over the past 20 years there has been a shift in healthcare provision with an increasing proportion of complex care previously undertaken by healthcare workers in, in acute care settings now being provided in the community. What impact does this shift have on the importance of keeping on top of infection control practice? Mm. Oh, that's a very good question. Healthcare workers in community settings often work alone and usually have to make quite swift decisions and risk assessments. And I think the push for hospitals to discharge patients earlier means that more complex care is being intended attended in the community. And uh, also, as we know, we have an ageing population and with the advances in healthcare, we have an increasing amount of people requiring care in the community. And healthcare workers are now attending to more complex and invasive care, we have IV therapy and ventilation, catheterisations. And many clients are not only just elderly, but terminally ill or recovering from major surgery, immunocompromised, chemotherapy and other long-term conditions. So, and nurses particularly, I think, have to carry more equipment to be able to attend to all of these needs. And how this is transported and cleaned is a major infection control issue. Um, along with attending to basic um, hand hygiene. So it's become far more complex in that way, Dallas. What are some of the the other unique challenges health professionals working in community settings face when it comes to hand hygiene? Well, we visit clients' homes, which is always a privilege to be able to do this. And so we are going in as um, as a guest, but however, we still have a job to perform and we need to do that very well. And so these homes can be anything from palatial to small caravans. And although I haven't had to, I guess um, some nurses out there and community health workers would um, actually attend to people who perhaps live on the streets. And so some of these homes are kept uh, fastidiously clean. I've been into some homes where you could eat off the floor and um, you can go into absolute squalor. And this is not always due to economic constraints either. I know of some very wealthy people who choose to live in, you know, hoarding and um, very unclean environments. And I've been into some very small um, homes, um, you know, with living from week to week on the pension that have been kept absolutely scrupulous. And I think how does the healthcare worker attend to a procedure in this environment when it's even difficult to devise a sterile or even a clinically clean um, workplace? And does the risk assessment that's completed before admitting this client actually address, can you do what your service is required to do safely in this this home? And also OH&S comes into play as well. Healthcare workers don't have a lot of, um, you know, ability to raise beds like you do in the hospital, um, you know, have um, 
bariatric equipment or hoist or anything like that. So also you you're also having to do this procedure in a difficult position as well. You might be on a low bed, it might be on a chair, it might be, you know, attending in a double bed even and you're having to reach across. Um, so these things also come into play as well, Dallas. You described a, a scenario in which a nurse was attempting to dress a foot wound while contending with a front gate, dogs running about and, and working in a restricted space. What are some of the, the common infection control issues that, that may slip to the back of workers' minds in, in particularly challenging situations and, and what thoughts should be front and centre? It's the unexpected. In that scenario, I was actually endeavouring to capture some of the subtle breaches in hand hygiene. And you need to be vigilant at all times. For instance, if you're a theatre nurse, you're gloved and gowned, so you've got that reminder, you've got the mask on, you've gone through that whole ritual, haven't you, of of that um, intensive hand washing, you've got your gown on, and if you did inadvertently bring your hand up and touch your nose, someone's probably seen that and gone, hey, you know, we have to start again here and out you go and you do your procedure again. In the community, we work autonomously. We haven't got someone watching us. And if you were to inadvertently, as I did in that scenario, point out that you are in that close confine and the nurse wants to balance and put her hand to the ground. Now, really, what should happen in that in that situation? You've actually contaminated that hand, that glove. You would actually have to get up. You'd have to start again, hand hygiene, remove the glove, sorry, and hand hygiene again and read on your gloves. So these were the subtleties that I was trying to get at with that scenario. I thought I'd captured quite quite a lot um, in there. The healthcare worker needs to be mindful the whole time that they are actually within this environment and to step through in their head even where all the the pitfalls could be. And in that situation there where the nurse was in a very confined space attending to that dressing that was probably not the ideal place to be um, to do to do that and I think this is also part of what we need to think about when we're in someone's home where am I going to attend to this dressing what can we have set up because this is probably an ongoing thing it's not just a one-off but how can we do this in a safe way and reduce the chances of, to the nurse or healthcare worker hurting themselves or the client as well, because they need to be in a comfortable position as well to do the procedure, okay, and in a way that you won't inadvertently breach hand hygiene standards. You said while providing the same level of infection control practice seen in hospitals in the community setting can be quite challenging, that doesn't mean it should be compromised. What are some of the strategies community care workers can employ to ensure they provide clean, safe and and competent care? Training, or particularly I'm speaking from a nurse point of view, occurs in a controlled environment. We've had our training either in a university, in the um, clinical labs, and or in the hospital, okay. We've got wash stations, 
positioned everywhere. There's hand hygiene often at the end of every bed and on every procedure trolley. We've got reminders, we've got posters up, we have access to infection control consultants who provide education, and of course they're attending orders. This doesn't happen in the community. I'm sure that there is um, hand, um, hand Hygiene Australia online education, but that doesn't mean you've actually comprehended the complexities of those procedures, when and where to do hand hygiene. I've seen numerous um, breaches in what I think are basic hand hygiene principles by very experienced nurses. And it's because they're not thinking. I think also too bad habits can form when you're working autonomously and um, you're not seeing the reminders. Um, and also too, I think that sometimes there's almost um, this um, Chinese whispers, someone says, oh, that's okay, um, you don't need to change your gloves there, um, you're not going to contaminate, that's fine, you know, and this sort of thinking goes ahead. I don't think we actually have training for community workers that's, that takes them out of hospital settings and actually puts them into that farmhouse. What would happen? What would you do in this situation? If this happened, what would you do? Would you change gloves? Would you wash your hands? Would you just um, use hand hygiene? And these are the scenarios I think that need to happen in a safe place and, um, and where these things can be expounded. Um, nurses watching and healthcare workers watching others and um, and commenting on what they see. Was that the right thing? Was that the wrong thing? What can be done on a, on a broader level to support community care workers in this area? I think education in a safe environment that provides the scenarios and the role playing like I just discussed as well, then followed by real time observation and perhaps auditing. Someone having in the team the role of infection control and perhaps hand hygiene, someone that's a bit passionate about this and is happy to guide other staff um, with this and, um, and providing that, um, that education. And I also too wonder about the value of having two nurses or healthcare workers going out together because often what it is is that you haven't got that second pair of hands. When you're in the hospital, you can ask for another assistance. You can get your buddy nurse or from the ward next door to come and help. Often the clients can help you and sometimes their own family members are only fantastic and I've used them many times. They can, you know, it doesn't take much to learn um, to train someone else to help you in the environment to open up and um, assist you. But you might not always have that. And I think in a lot of cases, having that second pair of hands. So should we consider perhaps sending out two nurses or two healthcare workers at a time? Of course, budget constraints and things like this are always going to dictate to what we can do. We are working in an ever, uh, you know, an environment that, you know, budgets are getting tighter and tighter. But in the long term, 
are we really saving money if we're creating infection? Organisations also have to support healthcare workers with correct procedures and policies for hand hygiene and also be able to provide direction for education and ongoing education for that matter as well for all staff. Overall, what, what message do you hope community care workers take away from your editorial? To think about their own practice and to discuss it amongst themselves, amongst their colleagues and with their managers. And I think also in this, we need to actually educate our clients as well. And I'd like to see a brochure that's actually given to the client that actually explains the standards that should be happening of when gloves should be changed, of when hand hygiene should be attended, and what the client also can do to facilitate that within the home. And we're not saying that they actually have to clean the whole house and if they are someone who likes to live a certain way with a certain amount of hoarding and squalor, but we need to explain, but we need an area, we need um, uh, a table that we can use that's clear of clutter, that we can lay this out on and this is what it's for. And I think nurses and healthcare workers need to be very vigilant about what they take into clients' homes. And I've just um, read a very interesting article about the swabbing of um, clients, um, sorry, not clients, but the nurses and healthcare workers' bags. And um, yes, that gave a, a lot of food for thought as there's the microorganisms that actually are growing on these bags. And that's a whole other thing <laughs> that we could talk about as well. Um, what is the cleaning regime of what you um, take into a client's home? Do you have something separate for each client or is it the same bag that's going in and out of everyone's home? They're getting put into cars. Um, cars get hot, cars get cold. These things all impact on um, infection control and sterilisation. Um, and I'm not an infection control nurse, um, but if you have a look at the um, the standards, you will see that there are certain temperatures that these items are not supposed to go over, um, and um, and the um, item is then rendered non-sterile because of this. You know, the moving out too much of packaging, you know, this can breach um, sterile packaging. So it's it's a huge um, undertaking. And um, it's probably a big can of worms, but it's one that really needs to be addressed because more and more we're going to be providing care in the home and in community settings. Thank you for your time, Linda. Been my pleasure, Dallas.